Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome. I'm Sean Payne, owner of Live Explore Real Estate and Lifestyle. And today I have with me our founding agent, Isaiah Chass. Thank you for joining us. Of course. We're excited to bring some exciting content today about fractional ownership. Yes, we are. This is our third podcast. As Isaiah mentioned, we're going to talk about uh, fractional ownership. Um, please make sure to hit the like button if uh, if you enjoy this podcast and hit subscribe to make sure that you don't miss any of our future episodes. Uh, but let's get to, to uh, fractional ownership. So what is fractional ownership? Fractional ownerships when you split the cost of an asset amongst a group of people. Uh, and in this case, it's a, it's real estate, whether it's a condo, single family home, um, you know, a, a state or luxury home that way. Uh, fractional ownership has been a super hot topic like the last uh, 12, 24 months, something like that, ever since COVID hit. Uh, but it's been around for a long time, for decades. Uh, it, it's been a way to hold real estate uh, for, for many years prior to that, but it's become more topical re uh, recently. Um, and mainly, again, because of what's been uh, happening with COVID and just it gives people another avenue to, to own uh, a home and often a second home in this case. So when you talk about fractional ownership, people automatically assume that you're talking about uh, timeshares. And this is not a timeshare, although kind of like when, you, when the, the, the usability is similar that way, how it's structured is totally different. So the main uh, distinction between a timeshare and a fractional ownership is that with a timeshare, you're buying a right to use the property um, and you don't have a legal ownership in the property where a fractional ownership is just that. You you have a, a little piece, a fraction uh, uh, of that property that you actually own that way. So um, uh, that's often called a fractional interest. So Yeah. And the, the thing about the, the fractional interest rather than timeshare is with uh, an increase in value uh, on that property, your equitable share will increase its value as well. Whereas with the timeshare, obviously, you know, an increase in market value doesn't make your position any more valuable than where it was before. Right, right. And so some of the benefits of a fractional ownership um, is that uh, it, it's just another uh, another model that allows you to acquire real estate that way. So, uh, you know, after the foreclosure crisis last time in like 2012, I'd say Airbnb and VRBO became more popular because um, people could come up purchase a property and then they would rent it out on a short-term basis to people uh, that, and that would cover their costs. So, you know, I don't know what the statistics are, but people that use that model and, and buy a home and then do a short-term rental, you know, they're really only living in that property, you know, a couple months out of the year anyway. So what fractional ownership does is, is it kind of, uh, it's just another model where you buy, you know, anywhere from, let's say, you know, a half to an eighth ownership in a property, and then you get to live in that property you know, an allocated amount of time for how much you, you, you owe it that way. And the benefit is to it is like, let's say, you know, rather than coming in and having to buy, you know, let's say you're coming up to Sonoma County and you want to buy a nice vacation rental and you have a million dollars to spend, you can come in, you can buy, spend that million dollars on a nice vacation rental. And then you have to, you, you have to spend, you know, find a house keeper and people to keep up the home, um, in between, uh, and clean the property, uh, in between showings and things of that, things of that nature, this model, you, you buy a portion of the property, you can come up and, and sort of spend the same amount of time in the property, but then the other owners come in and, and live in the property when you're not there. It's not that you're renting it out to someone 
else. And so what this allows is, you know, you can buy rather than, you know, spending that million dollars and then turning around and renting out uh, a property to cover your costs. Here you come in and you can buy like an eighth ownership or, uh, or you know, however much money you want to spend that way. And you can, you can live in that property the same amount of time, a month or two out of the year, but you don't have to worry about maintenance and, and upkeep and cleaning the home and things of that nature because you have an agreement in place with the own, other owners and you have a large corporation behind you that's that's make, overseeing everything and making sure it gets done that way. So, Yeah, and there's a couple you know big players that, uh, that already are involved in this, one of them being Picasso. Uh, I remember probably 12 months ago, middle of last year, uh, we went out to a property in the town of Sonoma. Uh, the heat, yeah. the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it it was uh, pretty incredible. I, yeah, I think there was over. I think we counted like I can't remember. It was over a hundred or ninety six signs, like just in this little court of people saying no, Picasso, we don't want you here. Things of that nature. Um, uh, uh, all the shares still sold. They did. So yeah, they still sold that way. But yeah, there was a lot of heat that way um, yeah. going on regarding Picasso, and that's well, that's why Picasso. That's why fractional ownership is in the news. Really, is because of Picasso right now. Right, so. and I, I think a lot of people are hearing the name because of the headlines. Whether that's the uh, they have had some uh, legal uh, battles between um, certain cities and certain towns, particular you know the argument between whether it's a short term rental or uh, fractional ownership because there is a difference there uh, as Picasso. or a timeshare as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason is because. Uh, you know, with Picasso, they they set it up as an LLC. Each each property has its own LLC, and uh, and people said, well, you're really se selling timeshares. The the issue is that you know for for decades again, people have acquired properties with friends or, or acquaintances that way and set up an LLC. So they're really not doing anything different than's been done in the past, and that's why it's not really a timeshare that way. So right. I'll I'm going to jump back for any of you that don't know what Picasso is prior to this. Uh, Picasso is a, a company that will go in and purchase a property um, and, and put that property in an LLC, uh, limited liability company, and then they will sell shares of that uh, that property in the LLC at uh, you know certain uh, shares, whether that's an eighth share, a, a one-fourth share, or a half share interest. Um, with those interests, you can, uh, you know, schedule to stay a certain amount of days, whether you know, if you have an A share that you get up to 14 nights at one time, if you have half share, you get to stay up to 42 nights at one time. Uh, and that's all dependent on, you know, how much uh, share of the property you have. Uh, the cool thing or the interesting thing about Picasso is that uh, once all the shares are purchased, if all the all the shareholders agree that they don't want Picasso involved anymore, they can all vote on that and agree to kick them out of the picture. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, a little unusual, I'd say, and a benefit to the Picasso model because a lot of times in the fractional ownerships, um, they have like an ownership club that requires you to maintain an agreement um, with a property management company um, uh, associated with the home, and, and then you don't have the option of, of uh, changing management companies if you want. So Picasso having that model, um, that's kind of unusual and benefit that way. Um, and, and as I said, in a lot of times in fractional ownerships, that's one of the negatives is that you don't have the option to to pick who you're, who's managing the property that way. 
in Picasso, that, that isn't the case. Um, another argument uh, against this type of model is that, you know, we, we just have this, this, we haven't built enough homes in the last 10 or 20 years um, nationwide, but, all, but, you know, in Northern California specifically. And so this type of model, adding another model, just allows more people to buy homes in this area and increases the, the competition. And that's really kind of like the negative to this, this uh, model that way. And I, I don't know if it is a negative. Picasso makes a good point that, you know, um, a lot of their buyers that come up to, you know, whatever, we're going to use Sonoma County as an example, because that's where we're at. But, you know, if you have buyers coming up or people coming up to Sonoma County, they're going to acquire real estate. That, that's what they're looking to do. The model actually uh, takes pressure off the housing market because you're taking, you know, with eight shares, potentially eight different owners are buying one property rather than uh, those people going out and acquiring, you know, granted, they wouldn't be as nice or fancy properties, but they're going to go out and buy, or, uh, buy eight individual properties and then, and then short term rental it out. So I can see, you know, I don't know statistically if that's actually the case, but I think they make a strong argument that way, that, mm -hmm. that it may not actually hurt the housing inventory that way, because right. most of the people that are interested in a Picasso home have the ability and the means to buy a home. Maybe not, maybe not a Picasso $5 million home, but they're going to go out and buy that nice, you know, second home at a million, you know, 1.2, something like that and short-term rent, rent it that way. So, right. And that was, you know, one of their other big arguments is that all those buyers that would go in together right. are going to be the buyer that is going to instead purchase the home that might be a, a teacher or a local professional where it takes the strain off of, of the, the housing demand on those types of homes where people are living in the area and puts it on a type of property where typically it's probably going to be you know right. a, a different type of buyer. No, I, I think that's a really important point to make. Like as long as Picasso or whatever, you know, similar type uh, fractional ownership companies like if they're they're mainly focused on like the luxury home market, I totally see that that being the case. If you have where I could see that being an issue is that like if a Picasso comes in, I think there's been a couple examples too where they've bought like lesser value homes, like around a million dollars, and then they sell those shares off for like you know hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a home potentially that like, you know, you know someone local here would would buy then you've increased the competition for that type of person but you know as long as their their model is going after the luxury home buyer you know the, the luxury home i see that being less of an impact but yeah yeah if these fractional mm -hmm. ownerships all of a sudden start buying more of like your your traditional first time home buyer or move up home buyer properties yeah then i could see that being an issue and and kind of going on that there is a, i came across recently uh uh a, uh, a new startup called PadSplit. Uh, one of their uh, markets is in Las Vegas and their uh, testing markets is in Las Vegas. And so rather than the, the, the second home market, this is someone for like, you know, first time home buyer or someone buying a property as their primary residence, but, you know, a fr buying a fraction of their property. And so they, they have a, a bedroom and they, they you know, they, they live in that one bedroom and they own that portion of the home or whatnot, but they don't own the entire home. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I, I could see how this could work in some markets that way, but it's something that uh, I'm keeping an eye on that way. I don't know if it'll make it a, a way up here right now, but in the future, I, I definitely see as housing becomes more and more expensive that people may look for these type of models that way. And, and kind of going off that, Will this fracture, uh, you know, uh, fractured uh, ownership model last? Yes, it, it has been. It's already been there. It's just becoming topical, and now it's in the it's in the press, but it's already been there. Um, 
Uh, so yes, you'll just see more of it, but it's been around for a long time. Uh, I think uh, I was down at the Inman conference uh, a few weeks back and they had a Picasso rep there talking about uh, their business model. And uh, uh, I can't remember the percentage that they've increased this year over last, but it's, it's their, 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 their model is, is, is gaining in popularity. And they had $400 million in sales in North America in the first quarter of 2022. So I just don't think that's going anywhere that way. So, you know, it's going to be around, uh, I think people have to get used to the idea and get their head around it that way, but it's, it's a model that's going to be here for a while. That's been here for a long time that way. Um, I know that, uh, uh, Sunhouse, uh, uh, which is another short or is another uh, fractional ownership model, they just partnered with the agency to uh, to uh, help work with them in northern uh, uh, North America. Um, at Live Explore, we've partnered with Beautiful Places, and they're one of the uh, original uh, short uh, short term rental agencies that way. So uh, I think that you're going to see more and more brokerages partnering with fractional ownership models because that's just another. It's just another way to own real estate so um you can you can either like say no this isn't a viable model and and not get into it and, and not learn about it or you can you can uh, incorporate it into your business model because it is going to be here to, to to stay for some time so yeah I mean, I think, you know, we live in a world now where, you know, one thing gets a, a single headline and it blows up. And I think that's a little bit what happened to Picasso. It, it caught one bad headline in a few key areas and then everyone suddenly started having negative connotation to it. Um, but, I mean, you look at the model, it's, it's a viable model. I, I don't think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, anyone would have thought Uber would have been a, a, a solution. And right. now look at it. Now you, no one can imagine having life without it. So not that you know, that's, that's really the same as Picasso, but, um, I think people are going to loosen up to it and warm up to it when they realize that it's not an Airbnb where you're having, you know, a, a group of 15 people there partying for the weekend. They, they actually are going to want to preserve the value Their interest of, in the property, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I think people need to understand is like, if, if I had the choice of a short-term rental or a Picasso home next to me, I, I think I'd take the Picasso home because again, I have owners there where like, how often do you have someone that just rents that Airbnb? Airbnb uh, and again, I know the, the County of Sonoma is putting ordinances in place to try to stop this, but but those people can throw a big rager and never come back and they have no skin in the game where, where you know, someone with Picasso, they probably don't want to upset their neighbor because they're going to be back in a few weeks to, to enjoy the home again. So yeah, I, I totally think that once people get a better understanding of this model, they'll be more open to it. I think that, you know, I don't even see it being an issue. If we had plenty of houses to sell, if we had enough housing inventory, I don't think anyone blinks over this model. Right. But because we we, we are in this housing crunch, that that adding another model into you know another way that people can purchase uh, homes creates more of a crunch, and that's where the negative you know the negative press comes from that way. So. And I think it did a little bit stem from the fact that. Uh, I, I don't know if some communities were as eager to see all the Silicon Valley Bay Area sure. buyers just come up in, into their town. They, you know, had had a certain not way of life, but they were used to things a certain way. And then when they saw all that new money come up during COVID, it was just a bit of a shock to them. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. Again, at the end of the day, I, I think everyone's going to loosen up to it and realize that it, it really isn't such a bad thing.
yeah, eventually it'll take some time. So if you have any questions about fractional ownership uh, or uh, any of the models, please reach out to us. Uh, you can certainly ask questions down below or just message, message us directly and we'll get them answered for you. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Again, this is our, our third episode. Uh, I'm Sean Payne, owner of Live Explore Real Estate and Lifestyle. And uh, Isaiah, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.